All right, thank you for clicking onto the student rants. At the home stretch with part three of our deep dive into medicine, we now talk with Andrew and Ludwig, two UNSW med students, about what a med degree entails and how potential career paths in this field will unfold. P.S. It takes a while. I believe you'll find this very helpful and I hope you enjoy. I want to pry a little deeper into now the degree, what you've sort of, so to speak, what you've gotten yourself into, right? I want to, I want to like, especially know that this is kind of leading back to that advice that you would give to, you know, just a student who's aspiring to do med. What do you know now with the research you've done, maybe with the knowledge you've gained from the interviews and, you know, from uh, being able to talk with some people who've done medicine, do you mind, you know, try to, uh, trying to sort of characterize a really show show me like an image of what medicine really looks like especially unsw and literally can go first with this one i think i'll talk more about the course that unsw medicine offers which is a little yeah. bit unique to the way that the other med courses are structured mm-hmm. so as andrew has mentioned before they are separated into three distinct phases where there's an undergraduate component and a postgraduate component though they are pretty integrated your bachelor medical studies that's going to be your phase one and phase two where it's your where it's a lot more theory based Though you do start rotations in phase one early on, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, placements early on, which is, uh, sorry, during one day in a fortnight, you're able to observe um, hospital, some hospital interactions, uh, yep. a um, specified hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's something that starts as early as phase one. So in, in first year as well. But a lot of first is just understanding health theory and um, just scientific principles and information as well. Phase two is more like you apply that a little bit more, but that's when the rotations, that's when the placements start increasing to around three days per week, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And um, during this time, um, again, there's a lot more studying that you have to do as well, but you also get to observe hospital interactions a lot more. But during fourth year, this special year is an independent learning project where you're able to um, either do a research into a particular field that you might find interesting with medicine Mm. or just certain um, areas of medicine um, that might be a little bit underexplored that you feel like might uh, deserve some research as well. Yeah, And um, this is probably when your MD, like the doctor of medicine part starts from this point onwards. Um, it's This is a lot more relaxed here, I think. Again, I don't really have too much experience, hmm. but I think with this, it's a lot more flexible in the sense that you really do choose what you want to do. Uh, and it does provide more insight into the research element of medicine that you might not necessarily inter- experience and interact with otherwise. But from that point on, in phase three, that's going to be your fifth and sixth year. That's mainly clinical. You're doing placements uh, basically nearly every day. And um, this is definitely the time where um, you're in the in the hospital observing how doctors interact with different patients, um, looking at some surgical procedures, all that kind of stuff, and getting your hands into uh, medicine. Mm. But yeah, I think that's mainly the UNSW core structure. So what was yeah. the other thing that you wanted me to touch upon? I guess just, you know, what the degree looks like to start off, you know, with the thing. And, you know, now going into what you just said, right? So I heard a lot of time commitment. Um, potentially, is there a lot of financial commitment to this as well? Um, I'll be honest, in terms of financial commitment, I'm not sure there's too much different with other degrees out there. It's mm. the university debt. It's a, it's a band three thing on the hex or help debt. 
yeah. if that's what it's called, which is mm-hmm. around like ten or eleven thousand per year. Yeah, but I think that's pretty typical in regards to okay. just most university courses. Mm. But I think aside from that, there isn't much like financial burden. I know other countries they have it pretty bad because they don't really have the government the common supported places. Yeah. So for them, med school can cost anywhere from four hundred k, and they have to take out loans and there's interest yeah. on top of that. So that gets pretty bad. But I think if you just talk more financially, um, probably first year, not first year, postgraduate year one, where you're, the, you're when you're an intern, you don't really get paid that much for the amount of work you do. Mm-hmm. I think the range is anywhere from like fifty to seventy k, but you're working a lot of hours as well because yeah. you're a more junior position, and I think. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that might be off-putting or might be unexpected for people who think of medicine as a really high-earning, um, sorry, a high-salary-earning degree. Because mm. that definitely doesn't happen from the get-go. It's something that you gradually build your way up towards. But yeah. that might be one of the financial things people might un- uh, not be expected for. Mm, gotcha. So, Andrew, you know, um, with this, you know, picture that um, Ludwig's painted, are there any gaps here and there that you think you, that you are looking at, or anything you want to really emphasize a bit more with what the degrees look, what like that degree looks like? I think um, Ludwig touched a lot hard on the practical side of what you actually learn. Uh, I think I would like to touch more on the social side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do you are in a cohort of around like 160 students and you will definitely over the 60 course you'll be able to get to know almost everyone who's doing medicine in your cohort mm. um i think there are definitely a lot of social events that are offered to medical students uh, i know that our medicine camp is actually just 10 days after we start school on the 24th of february so yeah. that's some that's a very exciting opportunity and uh, there are obviously a lot of other events hosted by our medicine society. And also UNSW, you're not really limited to just involving yourself in medical societies. You can also join certain cooking clubs um, or other games that you might be interested in. So I think time commitment is definitely a huge thing uh, when you're studying medicine, but also just knowing that there are a lot of opportunities for you to get outside and have fun and meet a lot of new people I think that's what's really important about university life in general. And that's something that I'm looking forward to. And I pictured myself doing throughout the course of this degree. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So alongside probably a very long time commitment, there is a lot of opportunities that are awarded to you and a fairly uh, intimate cohort. What was the exact number you said? Uh, I think it's for Kensington around 160. I'm actually not too sure. Okay, but right. nothing like nothing like in the like multiple hundreds. Like it's no, no, it's no. relatively no, no. small. I think it might be a little bit yeah. less than that because if I remember correctly, UNSW has 180 students, and that's spread across three different campuses. One being in Port Macquarie, one being in Wagga Wagga. I think the Port Macquarie one might be sized around 40, and then I assume Wagga Wagga is around 20. So I'd say comfortably the cohort's probably around 100 at Kensington. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, wow. All right, so nothing too crazy. That's nice to hear. So, you know, stepping forward from this, right, we've just talked about the uh, your undergraduate degree. Now, I guess we'll start with Andrew with this one. I think the next logical question is about where you yourself are thinking of taking this degree next, right? Of course, you know, with a degree, especially like med, uh, choices are built on experience, right? What you think uh, from experiences, what you think you're going to align better with in specialization, that's what you'll eventually pick up on. But I do want to, you know, touch base on what I think, what your current ambitions really are 
when taking this degree. And yeah, Andrew, please go forward with this. I think um, right after university, I think it's really hard to tell right now what I want to do, especially because mm. I'm going to learn so much in these six years. And I don't, I, like in terms of actual content and knowledge, I have yeah. like very little to no experience at all in terms mm. of what medicine is actually like. Yeah. I've only kind of researched what it's like. So after these six years, I think I just go along with what I feel I develop my interest in. And I think that's what E4, the research here, is all about. It's just being able to afford an opportunity to explore your passion in a specific part of medicine. However, I think right now, as of right now, I think I would be most interested in pursuing a specialty in psychiatry in the future. Mm. Uh, I feel like I really want to make a difference in um, being kind of a public health advocate uh, for men's mental health. I think this is an issue that's kind of growing in modern society where men feel like their emotions aren't really validated and in response they don't feel like they need to express these emotions and I think that that's quite dangerous and quite saddening for me because mm -hmm. uh, there is obviously that figure that uh, men's suicide rates are much higher than females and I think although it's just I feel like an issue that's not talked about enough in society and that's something that as a doctor I feel like I really want to bring into light. I think, um, yeah, just personally uh, personally speaking, I grew up around a lot of, in a kind of basketball community because I played a lot of basketball when I was growing up. Um, just around these people who were very like kind of nice and accommodating to me but then I'd see them like afterwards just drinking and smoking a lot and this was obviously really unhealthy because obviously they're, they're, they're at high risk of certain diseases. But I felt like this was much more caused on a deeper level because of their uh, potentially their certain personal conditions and mental health concerns. Because they a lot of the time they would come to the park looking very tired and fatigued. They start like swearing uh, around uh, very young kids and offering cigarettes to young children, which I felt was quite alarming to me because they had been so nice to me so i definitely feel like they didn't really have the support network that they i feel like they definitely deserved and i feel like as a psychiatrist i will really be able to bridge this gap between being able to act as this mediator of support between these communities who don't feel like is uh they must necessarily speak out about their personal issues Mm. and more professional medical help. I think that's something that I want to do. Gotcha. And then what about you, Ludwig? Um, again, pretty similar to Andrew. It's a bit too early to tell exactly what I do want to specialize in or I want to take medicine because mm. I haven't had the breadth of experiences mm. that um, these, medical these medical practitioners would have had. Yeah. But I think similar to Andrew, I would also consider a specialty in psychiatry. And the reason why I say this is because I think mental health is something that's really interesting in medicine that's often overlooked because when we talk about medicine, we typically associate it with physical health and certain body systems, um, certain organs as well. And mental health isn't really something that's looked upon as much, Yeah. Um, especially coming from an all boys high school community where there is a lot of stigmas associated with mental health and the fact that it can be difficult to kind of discuss um, certain um, issues people might be going through due to the environment and the way that um, social norms are positioned, I, uh, so to speak. Mm. Um, I do understand that there are many difficulties and many barriers for young males to be able to kind of disclose um, potential emotional concerns and mental 
the issues that they might be going through. Mm. But I think, I know it's early days, but I also think forensic psychiatry is something that would in, might interest me too. Um, the reason why I say this is because um, it's something that's like the social advocacy element of medicine that you might not see as much of in other bits of medicine. Though medicine mm. is a really socially aware and socially competent profession, yeah. the fact that forensic psychiatry, you're directly working with patients who um, might be more susceptible to criminality and the fact that you're able to work with, work alongside them to better their mental health or kind of understand um on a more fundamental level, why these social issues occur is definitely mm. something that's very important and very pivotal because psychiatrists in a way act as the gap between health and social justice issues. And I think that's something that's very important. And I think just the nature of the work, because it's a little bit different to your surgical procedures because there isn't as much surgery or a surgery like you would have. Well, even minor surgeries, I don't think you have as much of in psychiatry, but you're mm. really able to know your patient in depth like your consultations are like 50 minutes long. You're able to know like the whole life of your patient if they're comfortable with telling you about this. And I think that's also something that's really interesting and really does fascinate with, fascinate me as well. I think another thing is the fact that psychiatry is definitely a field that has previously had a lot of stigmas associated with it as well, especially during like the early 20th, early, like throughout the 20th century with procedures such as like lobotomies and lorotomies. I know those haven't been looked upon um, in a pretty in a positive manner, which is completely understandable um, due to the fact that there were many, many health complications that occurred after that. Mm. But I think if I'm able to work as part of, like if I'm able to work in the profession of psychiatry and potentially potentially be able to um, destigmatize, um, sorry, these destigmatize things associated with psychiatry, that's also something that might be very helpful as well. And the fact that psychiatry is such a new profession, um, it's so, such a new field of medicine and the mind is something that is pretty unexplored. I know there's new methods out there in interventional psychiatry, such as like electroconvulsive therapy mm. or deep brain stimulation. And I think just my general interest in being able to work alongside other medical practitioners and other health professionals, really being at the front frontiers of um, a certain field of medicine is definitely something that I see as very important um, and something that I think I would definitely enjoy. But then again, it is very early days right now. It's just yeah. an insight into what I might think I might enjoy. But mm. yeah, for me, I would say psychiatry as well. Wow, that's very nice. I'll be very honest with you. In full honesty, I was expecting someone like, oh, I want to be a neurosurgeon. Oh, I want to do something like this. Blah, blah, blah. It's it's nice to see that. It's, so it's, it's def- definitely coming from a more genuine place. Um, So this is just a, you know, I think we'll finish off more or less with medicine here um just to uh, just to touch on this have you guys ever thought about or are thinking about you know pursuing medicine in like a different country for example because um something that i've that i i know from you know asking around and experience with some others it's that medicine is definitely a hard thing to take on internationally right like if you want to go to the u.s i think it's it's a it's a different, I forgot the exact name of the test, but there's one for that. And then if you want to go to the UK, it's probably something there as well. So have you, have you thought about, you know, uh, doing medicine overseas and, you know, also considering the fact that, you know, on top of this, I think you said like almost like 15, 20 years max, like time to specialize and really get to where you want to be. There could be on top of like an extra year just to get into a new country and be able to be accredited there. And Andrew, you can start this one. Uh, I think honestly, this question, I haven't really thought about that much because just 
I've been so, I guess, concerned just getting into medicine in the first place. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I do definitely want to explore what uh, the global healthcare outcomes are around the world. I want to see how different health systems actually run compared to Australian. Yeah. Um, especially in terms of, um, I want to actually, because a lot of my relatives are in China and I really want to go there and just get a feel of how medicine is um, actually applied there and how doctors practice there. Mm. Um, but I guess that's something, I guess moving there to just practice medicine entirely is something that would need a lot more consideration. And that's something that I haven't really done right now. Mm. But I do definitely have the idea of eventually um, having a, an exchange trip to another country, potentially yes, yeah. Singapore, Singapore or another, maybe a European country to just see how um, they operate there. And that's something that I want to pursue maybe during university. Mm, gotcha. And what about you, Ludwig? I think for me, um, in regards to pursuing medicine in other countries, uh, I think for the Commonwealth countries, it's a lot easier because your degree is also accredited there. Yeah. But in regards to like other countries, such as the US, you might have to sit like additional exams, as you have mentioned before. But I don't really think I would be practicing medicine in other countries. I would definitely go to other countries to see how their medical system works. Mm. Um, I think I was planning in mind to go to potentially some Scandinavia countries to see how their, um, psych, like how psychiatry works in their countries because mm. their mental health illnesses are far lower than um, other Western countries. So that's something that I thought would be really interesting as well. Yeah. And I think also seeing how areas where uh, the public health system, healthcare system might be a little bit poorer, such as countries in Africa, such as Tanzania, is also something that's very interesting as well. Seeing the differences, mm. seeing why certain things work, why certain things don't, potentially government issues. I think that's also really interesting too. But I would, I think I would mainly only consider them as probably placements I do or exchange programs in maybe like fifth or sixth year mm. um, as a uni student. Um, yeah, I think the reason why I mainly would want to stay in Australia and more specifically Sydney is because having lived here my whole life, there's definitely a stronger sense of community and attachment that I do have with this area. Yeah. And um, being, I think being able to give back to your community, even as a medical professional, is definitely something that's very important. Um, I think there's just this different connection that you have with people that you genuinely know and people from your demographic and people from your area. I think just being able to give back to them in this manner as someone who is able as someone who's even able to give back is something that's going to be very rewarding. And I think that's probably the main reason why I'd still stay in Sydney. Mm, yeah. One thing I'm going to say very quickly, I too want to do an exchange in Scandinavia. So we're yeah, going to yeah. that route as well. All right. Well, I think, you know, I think we've really covered all the bases with medicine. Now, the final question I'm going to ask you to is something I've asked all the everyone I've interviewed so far. So I guess with this one, we'll start with um, Andrew and we'll end off with Ludwig. So now if you were just sat down with a few HSC students, right, and you just had a few minutes to talk to them, just a few minutes, what advice would you give, right? And this could be in relation to medicine or just generally with studies, could be due with relationships or like social, um, that's that social sphere, absolutely anything. What would you say? I'd say probably don't, take on too much at a time and just calm down and do things methodically and a pace that's very comfortable to you um, especially in year 12 and even in university uh, once you're studying once you're actually studying medicine you don't have that much time to spend doing too many leisure activities mm. i know that um yeah this is something that also in year 12 you do need to really think about and just 
don't be so focused on studying and getting a good mark that you forget who you really are and the people that your friends are, the friends that you do have around you, the people that care about you. I feel like it's definitely your responsibility to still uh, be able to interact with them on a very regular basis and just uphold these connections. Um, yeah, definitely just relationships in general are very important for you to support you emotionally and mentally when you are kind of stressed out. So I think that's generally the advice I would give to these students. Just slow down and calm down, take things one step at a time and just be comfortable at what you're doing and just stick at your own pace and don't be so, don't look at other students who might be doing better than you and go like, oh, look what he's doing. Maybe I should follow him and just completely change my routine to fit how he does things such that I can do better maybe because I feel like everyone learns their own way mm. and this is all just through experience and going at your own pace. So that's something I'd say. And what about you, Ludwig? And for me, it'd probably be pretty similar. It's just take everything one step at a time because, again, if you think about the big picture all the time, you're going to really overwhelm yourself and become really anxious about everything that there is to come, especially for medicine because... If you think about the UCAT as if, okay, if I mess up verbal reasoning, then I mess up my UCAT. If I mess up my UCAT, then I won't get an interview. If I don't get an interview, then I won't make med school. And then if you, if you keep thinking like that, that's definitely a really negative mindset because every single time you associate one minor action with potentially just not making a whole career. And I think if you break everything down into more manageable steps um, and just think about the task at hand, like instead of maybe just focusing about making medicine and becoming, let's say, a psychiatrist, you just break them into, okay, Tonight, I'll do one hour practice of VR instead, right? If you break it down into something a lot more manageable and just a lot more present, it makes it a lot easier to be able to work towards that goal. And therefore, you won't feel as overwhelmed as you would do as well. And I think definitely learning to enjoy the process. I don't think you want to look at everything as, oh man, I wish this would be over right now so I could be there. I think if you're able to, hey, this is fun, right? I'll learn to enjoy this right now. And I'll make the best that I can out of what I'm given. If, you, if you're able to appreciate that, um, you f- you'll find yourself doing uh, not better, but I think it's just a lot more mentally tolerable for you because you're able to appreciate what you're doing right now, right? Rather than trying to get out of here as quick as possible, learning to enjoy the steps and what you're doing is definitely a way that, definitely something that for me helped me with my mindset in regards to med and just high school in general. And I think finally, it's just, you're always surrounded by great people, whether you know it or not, right? Your friends, your teachers, your peers, peer mentors, everybody out there can help you. And help is not that far away, right? If you're ever struggling with something, there's always people you can ask for. If you want to know something that someone else has done before, there is going to be a person out there who has. So um, again, just being comfortable with talking to different people, gaining their experiences, and for yourself, just taking everything one step at a time and not being too overwhelmed. That's probably my piece of advice. Mm, that's so nice. You know, one thing that I've noticed, especially with people who get much higher ATARs than most, it seems so almost contradictory that the people who get the highest ATARs are not the ones who will ever talk about studies as the one thing they regret or the one thing they would give advice on. It's always something to do with, you know, relationships or anything outside of academics. And I find that very interesting that, you know, more than anything, even after you, you know, get, you know, what you wanted in terms of like education, in terms of these grades, these monetary things at the heart of it, you know, what we all sort of give advice on or we all want is sort of that social connection, those sort of relationships. And I find that really interesting. So 
thank you guys for <laughs> hopping on this. It's been, I think, almost an hour. We almost hit two hours. So congrats on that. Um, I thoroughly wish you guys the best when it comes to medicine. I know it's definitely a complete trek of a degree. It's going to take forever. And I know that um, it's going to be definitely taxing uh, physically, mentally for quite a lot of time. But I'm definitely sure that with the time I've spent with you guys and seeing how you guys go with it, I definitely can see that your um, resolve is definitely there and you'll have lots of fun, but you'll also be able to get where you want to go. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having us, Sahaj. Have fun with your space engineering. I'm sure (laughs) you will progress into a very, very successful person in the future. You will make a huge impact. Thank you. All right, and that wraps up our three-part series to do with medicine. It was an absolute bucket load of information from Andrew and Ludwig. Many thanks for them to come onto the podcast and give their information. We learned so much about UCAT, ATAR, and the med interview, along with what the med degree really entails and where it can take us in the future. I thoroughly hope you guys enjoyed this episode, found it very informative, and I'll see you in the next one.